Hello, 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 and welcome to Speaking About Speaking with me, Jackie Goddard. And how lovely to be here today on this fabulously springy, sunny, sunny day um, here in the south of the UK. So hopefully it's sunny and beautiful where you are today. Um, and without any further ado, I'm going to bring up my fabulous guest for this next 30 minutes, who I have been looking forward to speaking to ever since uh, I started conversing with her online a few months back. And the reason for that is that she's a fellow speaker coach and she uh, trains presentation skills as I do too. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. She is also somebody that very much is involved with the TEDx stage. So that again, I'm really looking forward to talking to her about. So can I introduce please and welcome to the screen, Catherine Sandland. Hi, Catherine. Thank Hello. you for being here. So pleased to have you here, as I say. There we go. Swapped you over there. Mm. Uh, so welcome. So welcome. And, and I hear it's, uh, it's sunny where you are. Do you know, it's beautiful in, the, uh, in Cheshire, uh, up in the north of England. It's absolutely beautiful, which isn't oh, what you can God. always say. It doesn't always sun. It's sun no. sunshine in the north, but it is beautiful today. Yes, we've had great grey. It's been miserable. I'm just, I've just spotted behind you the Frida Kahlo, and I have to say, look, I've got. <gasps> oh, lovely! Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm trying to think how do we're doing showing off now of wall art, aren't we? <laughs> I have got which way does it go? So it's not Frida Kahlo, but Maya Angelou, oh. who is one of my other heroines. So Frida yes. and Maya. Oh, That's mine too. Personal, Apparently, she would have been 95 today, I read somewhere. Yeah. But, but yeah, so I've got Phenomenal Woman on my wall as well, just to remind me of oh, our great female role models. Yes, yeah. I mean, Maya Angelou, her quote about it's not what you, they won't remember what you say or how you said it, but they will always remember how you made them feel. And that's that's a quote that I use all of the time. Yeah, very, very true, yeah. Yes. So, Catherine, we've not met before today, you know, to, to actually have a conversation like this. So tell us a little bit about how you got into being a speaker coach, because I know you 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 came from a sort of a leadership training background, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. I did. And it's um, it was one of those those things where I would go into companies and I would do leadership and management development training. And it, I, I really specialized in communication, which was great. But I found this really weird thing would happen, which is I'd do the piece of work and I'd be going and they'd say to me, oh, by the way, um, you can speak well in front of groups. Can you teach our managers to speak well in front of groups as well? Um, and it was then when I really it really dawned on me that the standard of speaking in corporate in, in big companies is absolutely appalling. I mean, um, it, it was all that time ago. I don't know always that it's any much you know it's better than that um and I think it was this oh my gosh it could be done a different way you can speak in a way that's engaging you can speak in a way that you know um connects and and all the rest of it and so I would go back in and do this speaking stuff um so that's how I really how I really got into sort of specializing I suppose yes yeah. So, but, but how, and, I mean, obviously I come from a, a background that is acting training and stepping on stages. So I'm, I'm sort of quite used to that. And I kind of come to my coaching with, with that 
mindset is that yeah. I know that I can get you performance ready. I know how to get you on a stage. I know how to get you in, into that space. Yeah. So what was it that you were doing that made you kind of think, well, this is this is how I like, you know, the whole communication thing and the sort of presentation and performance side of it. What was it in you that that wanted to bring that out in other people? I think it was connection. I would probably say is connection because quite a lot of the time, and certainly at that time when I was in corporate, um, people tend to think of speaking as information giving. Uh, so even when you perform it, it's still information giving. And actually, the problem with that is it, it can be really dry. It's really one sided. It's really stressful. Um, it's hard to tap into that wonderful performance side, isn't it? If you just think you're, you're downloading information. Yeah. Um, so I think that the thing that, that, that drove me and that I could do and then I could teach people to do was the connection piece and go, actually, this isn't about what you have to say. It's about what they need to hear and why would they need to hear that and how can you connect in what you're saying and how you're saying it um, and that sort of um, sense of how you're saying it as well. So I think it was the, the connection. And I mean, clearly in a corporate sense, that's massive because often people are talking to their teams or they're talking to the board or they're talking to shareholders or, you know, so that connection is really important. The information really could be got any old how. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the persuasion, the influence comes from from the connection. Yeah. And then, I, I, you know, I, I work with, well, I'm sure you do as well, but now I work with people who perhaps have their own businesses. I've got a on a mission I love working with people who've got a drum to bang oh yeah and connection becomes much more important then because it's really not about the information at all it's all about the inspiration isn't it so. yeah yeah I mean I I have never <laughs> I've never been in a corporate kind of world I've never I've never lived in the corporate world I've, I've been in and out I've visited <laughs> you know but I've never I've never sort of been immersed in it in that way and actually coming into networking spaces when I started started a business rather than freelancing and teaching drama and acting as I was for many years once I started my business and started networking with people that were were from that arena I it, it, it did surprise me how um how they kind of put on this uniform um and, and I mean as they didn't they didn't never quite knew where to put me and I I didn't necessarily feel like I fitted I mean I, I've obviously maneuvered a little bit now and actually the people that I'm dealing with now, I think, are a, a little less corporate and more business ownership. They've yeah. stepped, they've stepped outside of that corporate world. Mm. But it was really surprising how they all kind of, lots of the people I was talking to felt like, especially in those networking sixty-second elevator pitch type things, mm. trying to put themselves ac across it, how they think they should be seen yeah. and how how they are expected to behave and the the language that they're expected to use and and, and all of those things and actually when when they step in a room with me sometimes it's kind of having to strip all that away and yeah. say just be you yeah well that's the thing it's actually as you were as you were talking there I was thinking in a way when people put on that what they think is professional and business-like and you know all that sort of malarkey it is a it is a sort of performance it's just yeah. that it's masking who they are yeah. whereas as you were just saying there all they need to be is themselves yeah and that is enough because that's the thing that will make the connection that's the thing that will 
will Absolutely. make what they say credible and trustworthy and all the rest of it. And it is that line, isn't it? To um, which is why I was saying earlier, you know, just as we were tuning in and getting ready for today, I'm absolutely fascinated with your background and the performance field because that's the how to make it come alive. Yes. Isn't it? Without masking, allowing yourself yeah. to come alive yeah. on that stage. Which is... And what's, you know, what I love about where I've come from with, with mine is that big, because people would look at me and say, well, if you're an actor, you must be really good at faking it. You must be really good at lying and all of those things. And actually it's not acting is not about playing a character it's about being a character mm, mm. and you have to be so truthful and honest to that character that you have to get rid of all the masking and all of the the fakery and all of that mm. and and show up authentically and as much yeah. as you're speaking somebody else's lines you have to be in their mindset you have to believe what it is that you're saying mm. and so that's when i'm dealing with people that haven't got that background at all it's like well no you're gonna have to get rid of all of that all of that that you've all the stories that you've told yourself of how you think you should have Mm. to behave and just show that authentic self because I think that is that is the key to the connection absolutely absolutely so you you changed from sort of the leader training and decided I think it was in 2008 or somewhere like that, that you that you really wanted to concentrate on the on the speaking side of things. So at that point, were you just dealing with businesses? Were you just dealing with with yeah. teams? And I mean, up, up until 2008. So at that point, my business was 10 years old. Um, all leadership and development, um, um, some fabulous clients, the economy crashed. Uh, so that was a big that was a big life change. Um, and I had foolishly. So top tip from running a business, don't have too many eggs in too few baskets. Um, and that was a situation I was in. But also, um, arguably, what was probably the biggest change um, was I found myself pregnant rather unexpectedly at 43, which was also <laughs> not planned at all. Um, and the two things combined, I thought, actually, I need to do work. I need to work differently. And also, I'm ready to work differently and the bit that I got the more the most results and uh so the most results for my clients but the bit that I got the most enjoyment from was the speaking so that's the trajectory that the business took from from that particular point and it because I was looking for something new and something different and something that would fit around a new baby uh for the second time uh I uh I, I started working with small businesses I started working with people who were on missions or starting movements I mean I think initially actually um and maybe this was some of the messaging I was perhaps not very well wasn't putting out particularly well but I worked with people who were very frightened of speaking and they were very nervous and they weren't speaking and they were sort of intrigued but equally terrified at the same time and that's changed over over a period of time and and clearly you know, we, we know, don't we, that people are still very anxious, get very anxious about speaking. And I tend to work more now with people who are already out there. They're probably very good and they're just looking to elevate their their speaking more so than perhaps what we call the newbies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's changed. I mean, because businesses change, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'd, li- I'd like to pick up on that definitely but if there's if we have anybody out there listening we would love some uh, some comments or questions or you know just let us know you're there it would be lovely uh, because we're about to get on to 
the whole TEDx phenomena because I mean I've been watching TED talks for years and years and years long before TEDx actually really reared its head so the the fact that you've been in this business a lot longer a lot longer than than my measly four years um you've been you've been dealing in this in this area for for all that time how have you seen the change I mean you talk about uh helping people that are on a mission and I love that and I I think that's where Ted comes in is though you know Mm. I've really got those ideas they want to share Mm. so what's what's changed over the say the last sort of 10-15 years that that's really kind of uh, made people now want to step on stages because I will let you answer the question in a minute but (laughs) because (laughs) I've got where I've only been in this like for the last four years I don't know what it was like before, but but for me, there seems to be a lot of people now wanting to step on stages and share their message and share their stories. Mm. Has it changed? I think, yes, I think it has. And in part, I think that's because the landscape where we can speak, where we can have a voice has, has changed beyond recognition. When I started doing this, you know, social media really wasn't on the on the horizon. If it was, it was... It was all for geeky people, you know, or or youngsters or whatever it might be. Um, we have it. It's a really noisy world and it probably always has been, but it seems to be noisier and faster. And, you know, there's a lot of people shouting out there, a lot of people pushing stuff out there. And I think knowing people recognizing that if they're going to be heard or if they're going to make leeway, you know, make moves within that, they've, they've got to be able to stand out, yeah. which actually means that they have to be able to speak out. Um, and, and, and I mean, I don't just mean orally like we're talking about. It could well be in written form and all, and, uh, all the rest of it. But certainly, you know, things like things like we're doing, um, podcasts, lives. I mean, that never existed when I first started doing this, even not even at the beginning of my whole business, um, which is 24 tomorrow. Wow. <laughs> which is very exciting. But but certainly since I started doing the speaking, which was sort of 13, 14 years ago, um, it that's vastly changed. The opportunities have changed there with that. Because that sounds just like it's a problem, doesn't it? But the opportunities have changed. So the number of platforms that people have access to um, has broadened and has increased. Um, and it's easy to do. You know, you can go on your laptop, you can go out there and you can... You, you know, you can create videos, you can have conversations and so on. So your opportunity to get out there uh, has, has increased. But because everybody's opportunity has increased, you've got to, you've got to get good at it. Yeah. Um, and I think people recognise that. How, how do I get better at this? How do I get heard? Otherwise, you just everyone is just contributing to a whole load of noise. And we know yeah. that, that you know, once everybody's shouting, nobody gets heard. Yeah. And so what advice do you give those people? That, that how, how do you advise people to, to get heard and get in front of an audience? I think, how do you get heard? I think you have to decide, uh, first of all, what it is that you want to be heard for. Because the challenge, uh, in a really practical way, the challenge people have is they might know a lot of stuff, they might be excited about a lot of stuff, they might be passionate about a lot of stuff. But until they get really, really clear about what it is that they would like to be heard for or what it is that 
the change that they want to see or the difference they want to make, it, it, it can get lost and it often gets lost in pure excitement but no meaning you know all style no substance or it gets lost because there's about seven different messages there instead of one particularly clear one or uh, i mean i don't know whether you get people who, who come to you with this but i get a lot of people coming i don't want to waffle <laughs> i know that when i get talking i end up disappearing down a rabbit hole and i don't want to do that i want to talk about what i want to talk about so in in you know until you've got real clarity it's really hard to make yourself heard. Yeah. And actually, with clarity comes your choice of platform. So when you know what it is you want to say, you can then go, well, what's, what's, what's the best platform for this? Yeah. TEDx, TEDx is a really good example of that. that so we get quite a, lot of, quite a lot of people who are applying to speak at, because I'm part of an organizing team. Uh, uh, so I get to see lots of applications. Um, and some of the applications are excellent. You know, some people are really good speakers. Um, and yet that platform isn't there for them to talk about their business. It isn't there for them to talk about their product or their service. It isn't. Uh, and so it's matching the the idea or the message with the right platform. Yeah. And so lots of people who, who apply who aren't right for the TEDx stage, but you go, my gosh, this is really good. Get yourself on that platform instead. Go and, yeah. go and seek out that because that's where that is is perfectly placed. Um, and then, then you know, the, the, well, we'll probably go on to talk, won't we, about TEDx ideas, but the, the, those particular ideas have got the TEDx platform open to them. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, what I love about the, the TEDx is that kind of 18-minute, that time limit because I think certainly when I'm working with people and and not necessarily for the for a TEDx stage but for for me that's always a really really good amount of time to make sure that you're not waffling that you've that you can get everything into 18 minutes that you need to say clearly concisely um and entertainingly engagingly mm -hmm. um and, and I always, I kind of always use that because I've, I find if I'm working with people and developing a talk with them, creating a talk with them, that that's a, that's a really good starting point to say, okay, well, we'll work to the 18 minutes, but we know we've got enough, we've got enough content that you could stretch out if you needed to, or make it a 10 minute one if you needed to. So, yeah. I, I, you know, I always use that. So mm. tell me then, how, how, how did you get involved with the TEDx thing? And what's the change that you've seen and again, I don't know if this is just because I'm I'm relatively new to this arena at the moment, um, but it seems to me that that everyone now the TEDx is on their bucket list. Everybody wants to do a TEDx. Why do you think that is, and and how have you seen that sort of develop over the years? Oh gosh, right. I think um, why do people want it on the on their bucket list? I think some of it. And, and these are all valid reasons, by the way, but, but in no particular order, I think there's a lot of status attached to being a TEDx speaker. And so for some people to be to have that validation that you are a good speaker because you have to apply, you have to be selected. Um, not everybody can do it. Not everybody will be chosen to do it. Um, so there's that scarcity element, isn't there? You know, so actually to be able to do it and to say that you can do it is, is a, has, has got the, you know, some credibility behind it, um, uh, which I think a lot of people like. Um, I think there is that 
the element that I was talking about before, which it is, is a, it is a huge platform. I mean, you know, you think, right, we could we could put a speech together and we could go and talk to 200 people, let's say, next week. Well, maybe not quite that quickly, but we could go. And that would be amazing. And our message would reach 200 people. And then we know that there'd be a ripple effect and they would go and talk to other people, say how great we were and or how great our message was and da 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 But actually, with TEDx, they can go and talk to that audience of 200 people on a live event but that video then gets uploaded onto the internet and then literally millions potentially of people yeah, yeah. could hear your message uh, and I mean that's I mean, when you just sort of stop and think about that you go wow wow so that's the beauty of the um uh, the, the the fact that they're put on online and also that they're free of charge so that providing people have got access to the internet anyone in the world has got access to your message should they wish to hear it yeah. should they wish yeah. to go and find it or it's shared in the right places so I think that is very appealing for people um, particularly where they've got something they are so passionate about and they they believe in so deeply and that they believe that could shift how people see the world um, yeah. or see themselves or see their community or whatever and it's where great change can happen because you've got the exposure yeah so on the on the um on the organizing side which is obviously your your part of in northwich that's right how do you then uh, gauge what is a, an idea worth sharing i mean obviously that must be such a difficult job because you must get so many applications. Oh gosh, yes, yes. And and part of it is part of it is being very practical because you get so many applications that come in that um, the ones that will already stand out will be people who are very clear about what their idea is. So if someone isn't if someone has applied and they're not clear what that idea is and they can't explain it in a very short period of time, then you know they don't rise to the top do they yeah, so yeah. you tend to find people who've got more clarity will be the ones that that rise to the top of the the selection pile if you like yeah but i always i mean and people may not know that i mean your audience may know this or may not know this but i always like to think that the organizers have got two things to to manage in balance and one of those is to make sure that those speakers deliver the TEDx speech of their life that it gets accepted by TEDx and that it gets uploaded and then that message is out there for the rest of the world to hear um, and that's certainly a, one of the outcomes but the other is those organizers have to organize a live event and they have to think about you know people coming along for a weekend or people coming along for an evening in north which we, we do one that's that is in an evening and you've got to think of people sitting on theater seats and listening to what eight or nine speakers and that's a hard ask isn't it and it's got to be an entertaining evening for your local community and it's all got to hang together and it's got to have changes of pace and varieties of speaking and sound and feel about it so actually when uh certainly as we do it at Northwich I can't speak for any other organizing committee we've got this balance of brilliant ideas that are TEDx worthy first and foremost but we also have to make decisions based on how do we pull an event together that will serve our community um, and stimulate conversation in our community and get spark conversations in our community. Um, 
And that's quite hard because I think when people apply to TEDx events all around the country or all around the world, obviously you're only ever applying on your on the on the back of yourself, aren't you? Yeah. Um, and it's hard to to know how that might fit in. So, yeah, it it is it is a hard job. And what I tell you, what we have found is the more years we've done it, we are getting better and better ideas coming through. I mean, yeah. just this year we're working with speakers for well, our event is in July. We've already started working with our speakers, and oh my word. They're just astonishing. And we had really good applications as well. So we sometimes say to people who've applied and haven't got it, look, this is just no for now. This isn't no forever. You know, you might have a brilliant idea. You might actually be a really good speaker. It doesn't quite fit right now, but, you know, keep on going applying, keep on um, uh, because, you know, because we've got these decisions to make. But I have to say, I think we have got some astonishing ideas for this year. Yes. So I look forward to, to seeing those. So just quickly, because we are at 25 minutes already. Oh, I can't gosh, believe we've nearly, almost, almost done that. Um, so just in terms of how to apply, because I know lots of people, including myself, are kind of like, well, how, how does it happen? If you've got this really good idea, you know you've got something that you want to put forward and you, you're capable of speaking on that stage. How do you apply? Okay, so what you do is you go onto the TED website and there is a little tab along the top and it'll say locations. You can click onto that and it will come up with all the locations of TEDx events, TED events and TEDx events across the world. So zoom into your country, whichever one you want to do. One of my clients zoomed into Sierra Leone because that's where she wanted to speak. Um, And then, so if you zoomed into the UK, for example, you'd zoom into wherever you, and you will see, and you can click on all of those. And what comes up is the contact details of all the organizers. And sometimes it will put the date of the next one in. Sometimes it doesn't, you've just got to keep digging a bit further. Um, and every organising event will be organised slightly differently because you're, they're individuals, they're usually volunteers, well, they are all volunteers, um, and they'll have a different process in place. So find where you want to talk, find out what their application process is, follow it to the letter. There is absolutely no point sending an application to TEDx Northwich and not sending a video in because you just won't even get through the first hurdle because we haven't got time to chase it up. We're all volunteers. So follow the, you know, the usual thing. Follow the application as it is requested. Um, But I would also, and and then obviously you you, you go through to that, whatever their process is. And some processes are really quick. Some are a little bit more drawn out. Some, like ourselves, we, we invite people to join a programme so that we work with people until we get to a point of delivery. Some people don't have that. And I would certainly do some research um, because, I mean, for, for yourself, for example, you're a very experienced speaker and have got access to that knowledge. Some people might have a brilliant idea but might not be that experienced in speaking. So it might be worth looking at events that provide you with support give you resources and help you in those instances because again every organizing team is is very different and I'd also Mm -hmm. go and have a look at the quality of the work that they've done if they've done it before because ultimately that will be your video that will be your calling card so you want it to look good you want it to to be of a high production I mean it will already be a minimum production because it wouldn't get through to TEDx otherwise but again some teams will have a higher level of production yeah yeah well, I just have to to show this because 
<laughs> you have done it. You have been there on a TEDx stage. How was that? How was that yeah. for you? That was a very much younger me. Um, I absolutely loved it. And um, it was the most extraordinary experience. I was already a very experienced speaker at the time. And you'd think that it was like, oh, well, you know, I'll, I can do my stuff. But doing a TED Talk was different. The clarity about the idea was so valuable for me as an individual, both I mean, just in terms of knowing what it was that I really stood for, having to work at it, having to hammer it and, and, and craft it and whatever was just a wonderful experience, regardless of the delivery side of things. Um, but the, yeah, just to stand on that circle in front of those letters was, yeah. was remarkable. And it's the things that come after it. Um, you know, it, because I had real I mean I've been talking about those things for years but the TEDx allowed me to crystallize it and that then gave me a springboard for lots of things that I've subsequently done yeah. in my business and for clients but on the back of that as it happened there was somebody in that audience who said I want to bring this to our local town of Northwich which is not too far from where I'd actually done the event and um uh, and and that was the genesis of TEDx. Wow. In the end. Yeah. So it's led on to lots of different things, yeah. which yeah. has has been a wonderful experience. Amazing, amazing. Mm -hmm. Oh well, our time is nearly up, but I'm going to ask you the one question that I ask all of my guests: uh, What makes a good speaker good and a bad speaker suck? <laughs> I think a uh, good what makes no? Should I start off with bad first? What makes a what a bad speaker? I can't even say it, speakers suck. I think somebody who doesn't consider their audience at all. So it's all about them. It's all about what they want to say, they want to achieve at the end of it. Um, uh, and it's all about them, them, them. Um, I think that makes it suck because they tend to have slides. They tend to read off them. They tend to just put too much information in and talk at the audience. Whereas a thing that makes a good speaker good is a level of connection that they have with their audience. So actually, they may not be the very best speaker, but if they've thought about who they're speaking with and they seek to get connection in how they talk and the stories they tell and their voice that they use and all that sort of stuff, then I think that makes them a good one. Yeah. Um, uh, and what I often say to my clients is, you do not have to go out there and be perfect. You don't, because actually one, nobody is anyway. So it's a really hard thing to achieve, isn't it? Or impossible. Oh, yeah. But when we, when we want to be perfect, we will, we will miss out on being real. And yeah. most, in fact, all audiences want people to be real. So I think a good speaker is all about connection. I absolutely, totally agree. And it's sometimes if people are trying to be too perfect, they don't enjoy it. And no. the audience, the audience can see that they can feel that, can't they? Mm -hmm. Going back to absolutely, Mayor Angelou. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, oh, it, um, Catherine, it's been amazing to have you on, and I'm so I cannot believe that 30 minutes has just gone, gone just, so quickly. Let me just. What does that say about two speaker coaches once they get speaking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 30 minutes not long enough. No. So, if people want to get in contact with you, this is your website. It's CatherineSandland.com. 
com. And I will have to have you back because the whole the whole point of uh, of speaking about speaking is that that's what we do. We speak about speaking. And so there will be other opportunities if you're up for it for you to come back on. It will be my pleasure. Thank you very much. I um, I did a panel discussion last week uh, and there was uh, 1.5 of us on the screen and that was lovely. So I'm going to do more of those. So I will be in touch if you don't mind. That would be great. Thank you so much for being here. If you are watching the replay, then again, please do. If you've got questions for myself or Catherine or comments that you'd like to make, please leave them and we will get back to you. So thank you, Catherine, for being here. And thank you out there for being here too. And we'll see you next week.